Vikings versus Titans, GMG in the raw. episode of Good Morning Gallahorn in the Raw. And we just had a wonderful but close nail-biting game that did not finish the way we wanted. A little bit of wine there. But joining me, (laughs) I have to my viewers right, the one, the only, the great... The fantastic, the Drewster. Drew, how you doing? What is what does the word wonderful start with? W. Okay, the underful. And to there my viewers left, we have the absolutely outstanding, awesome Mr. Flip Mozzie. How you doing, Flip? Hey, I where do we start today? Do we start talking about the loss, or do we do we call this one a moral defeat? A moral defeat? No, I. Is there such a thing? I call it. There's some moral victories in there. When your defense is down six starters, a seventh backup, and you still hold the opposing team who went to the AFC Championship to six field goals and a touchdown. There is some improvement there, you know, at least in my books. Drew said last week he'd like to see some improvement. Drew, did you see any improvement? Well, sure. That's That was a much better game than the first two games we saw, even though... The results was just... Yeah, I'm still kind of... It's kind of a... Pain. We're still 0-3. Part of that's nagging at me. I would have liked to... Have, it's, a, it's a tough loss, especially, I think, since they had that game. I think they kind of gave it away. Um, they couldn't. The defense did what you just said, but they still couldn't get the timely stop when they needed it. Right. They blew that twenty-four to twelve lead pretty quick, but you know they were in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Jefferson's coming out party. Cousins played much better. Cook went off. I mean, the Vikings overall played a lot better as a team, but you know, <laughs> still you want to try to get a win on the thing. But I don't know. I'm kind of mixed right now. What about you, there, Flip? Yeah, I mean, I was excited, you know, going into the locker room at halftime with the eight-point lead, uh, coming out, going up 12, hitting that long Justin Jefferson pass. You know, we got a 12-point lead. That's that's exciting. We saw a lot of great things from both the offense and the defensive side of the ball. Ultimately, a loss is a loss. Main culprit, it's got to be that defense that allowed Tennessee to score on five of their last six drives. Should we be happy that those were field goals instead of touchdowns? Well, if you looked at the numbers, you saw Tennessee was more of a consistent scoring team than a really explosive scoring team. They scored on 65% of their drives going into this game. The Vikings held them in the first half, but they just 
stuck with Derrick Henry, ran him into us, and the defense eventually just wore down, kept on leaking out those points. So great on the defense. We saw a lot of improvement in tough situations without Mike Hughes, without Cameron Dantzler, without Daniil Hunter, without Anthony Barr. They definitely played better. They still gave up 464 yards of total offense, 22 second-half points. So it, it was a, you, you know, we're, we're starting to trend in the right direction. Now it's about how do we take the next step because, again, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, it's, it's not. Um, now, you talk about the defense. About midway through the third quarter, I noted that they had stopped third down conversions. Uh, what was it? Tennessee made only one out of nine against our defense. One for nine, yeah. And to the, you know, about halfway through the third quarter or better. But it was that constant beating, right, that that wore them down. You, Constant beating, warm down. You know, they, they started one for nine. Tennessee finished the game three for 13 on third down conversions, which is great job by Zimmer's defense. But we also saw Tennessee start to avoid those third downs. They would go, they would get eight yards on first down, then easy pass for the first down. Um, Jeff Gladney gets beat deep by Khalif Raymond on the deep pass there. For Tennessee, they end up taking taking the lead there. And those are just points where we have to say, look, can we expect better from this defense? Or is this a D that's going to let up 30 points a game? It's a new NFL. It's a modern NFL. The rules favor the offense. So if, we're, if we have a defense that's going to allow 30 points a game, what can the offense realistically do? Well, I'm thinking the D... We can expect the D to do that, especially since over half of them are out because of injury, <clears throat> and and we're so young. There's going to be it, lapses. You've got you to know, overcome that with the offense, though. It just it, it seemed like Flippin mentioned going into halftime, and you know feeling really good about that. I was, and it was twenty four twelve. The Vikings looked like a completely different team. And then, even though things got bad and edgy down the stretch, we get the ball back with a minute 44. Granted, no timeouts, but we get it at a minute 44. The first play is a personal foul on Cousins. So we have it at the 40-yard line with no timeouts. All you got to get is 25 yards. That that I don't know what the percentages on that is, but that's not really a tough thing to do. So the game is really, I'm watching it going, we're in pretty damn good position here because we can run – you know, we got, that's plenty of time. If there was like 16 seconds, I'd be worried. But a minute 40, you could run all your off. You can run anything. You could run anything because you could spike the ball. I mean, you only have to get 25 yards from the 40. And I'm thinking, I'm not. I wasn't worried at all. And then these awful plays, just terrible. And it was like the most awful drive when you need a drive. It just, I was just standing there shaking my head, going. All the good that I had for this game just all went evaporated on that last drive. I mean, it wasn't even like one good play. There was a bad snap, a sack. They're only rushing three guys. It was just terrible. It was just terrible. So it didn't even give them a chance, give themselves a chance to win a game that, man, I thought that they deserved to win. They deserved to win that game, I think. It, it took all the wind out of their sails. And, you know, that's something where, 
you got to play 60 minutes. You got to have a complete game. The offensive line really had shades of the defensive performance where they started slow, but they had a really good second quarter, third quarter, even into the fourth quarter. The offensive line did a much better job of protecting Kirk Cousins. But then you get down to the end there and you've got bad protection. You've got bobbled snaps. I mean, what is this a, is this a fourth bobbled snap or bad no. snap in three games with nobody in the stadium? It's um, you got to play complete football. You got to play for all 60 minutes. Again, I'm not going to be that negative here because everything where you talk about the intangibles with this football team was better. They had a, a better start. They looked into the game. We had our best players making the best plays on the field. We had leadership today, and, and the attitude was better. So I can't hate on them completely, but again, you got to play 60 minutes. Speaking of the, the good portions, what, do you, what did you think of Justin Jefferson's breakout day? Drew, what do you think? I thought it kicked ass. I mean, how else am I gonna? How else do you answer that? I, that's, just, that's about the best breakout day you can have. The guy, the guy it took two weeks, but he kind of made up for it all in this game. I, you know, seven catches, one hundred and seventy-five yards, and a touchdown. He looked fantastic. I mean, he looked like. Uh, and the only ball he dropped was the very good defense one by Malcolm Butler, where Butler had his arm in between the ball and his hands. Hey, yeah, yo, we got a guy, man. We got a guy with Justin Jefferson. This dude yeah, he's, he is Yeah, he ain't no Treadwell. He ain't no Treadwell. He's I mean, got all the skill, all the route running, all the production. You see him get that first down. And look, he's the one who's pointing first down right in that defender's face. That's what we need. That's sure. the type of, you know, huge first down to extend that drive. Make a statement. Start talking some crap. And then what do you get? A couple plays later, Dalvin Cook's trotting in the end zone. You know, that's the type of attitude, not just his on-field talent, not just the fact that Kirk Cousins has another weapon. It's a guy who's not going to be satisfied with how this season has been going so far. So I'm excited to watch that young kid. I'm so glad he flashed today, and I expect more of that in the future. Oh, I do too, and I don't expect Chad Beebe to be the starter over Jefferson anymore. The Vikings certainly had a lot more spark today. A little bit of swagger and a little bit of punchback. Uh, when if, was if I, Chad Beebe starting over Jefferson? He, he technically wasn't. on the first two games, Chad Beebe was listed as the wide. Receiver I would, three. you know, I don't want to downplay what we did either. The good things that we did because we've been playing so shitty up till now. But if I'm a Tennessee fan with a minute forty-four, I'm thinking we're going to lose. So they're pretty fortunate to you come should've... out on the winning side, of the you know, outside of that thing. But you know the Jefferson Cook did well. I mean, there's a lot. There is a lot uh, of good. Cook had his best rushing today. game of his career. He was career 100, high. 181 yards. He only had one touchdown, but 181 yards. He did have that fumble early, um, but he was on fire. Madison was on fire. Madison had. You know, at least they didn't get blown out and dominated. Years. No, this is what they've been doing the first two weeks. I mean, at least they made a game of it, and they were competitive, and that's kind of what I asked for last week. But... And what did you think of that Rudolph catch? Oh, we've seen him do it before. Love Kyle Rudolph that in near the red zone. You, you, you trust that guy. You trust his hands. You trust him to be great and jump ball in contested situations. Oh. Again, it's our, it's our best players 
making the best plays. That's what you really like to see from this team. You like to see Justin Jefferson join those ranks as a guy we can count on on the offensive side of the ball. You also love to see Yannick Ngakwe getting more disruption on the Mm -hmm. defensive ball. Harrison Smith with that huge interception. These are name brands who are starting to play like it. And so that's very encouraging. And he had a couple of tackles for losses, too. Yeah. He was hitting. He was booming. So was Harris. Bowman was mm-hmm. laying some wood. Now, uh, with all that, what happened in the last few minutes? Why did that change? Why didn't we come out aggressive in that last just, couple minutes? It just took all the wind out of our sails. I think we came out very aggressive. Um, you know, we came out passing, got the personal foul penalty, like Drew said, came out passing again. The pressure kind of got to Kirk Cousins there. So, and then, you know, came out passing. We got the bad snap for a 14-yard loss. So it wasn't, it wasn't play calling. I think Gary Kubiak proved himself, proved a lot today, not only with the decision to unveil Justin Jefferson and have the patience to wait until week three until that kid was ready for a performance like this, but also, you know, leaning on the right arm of Kirk Cousins when they needed to. The execution just wasn't there. And so that's something they need to they need to practice. They need to fight through it. They need to watch the film and, you know, take the next step now that they've taken this initial one. Drew, where do you think they can tweak to overcome that? This is the definition of a game coming down to a handful of plays. Because both teams were making mistakes. It's just one team made one more mistake than the other one. I mean, Tennessee's nothing special. I don't expect them to do anything. Uh, Where does it go from here? I think it's a step in the right direction to getting back to where they want to be. I don't know if at 0-3, you don't know much for running the season out, see how the season. At this point, you're just trying to play better week to week. I mean, you're 0-3, you want to build on this and maybe get your maybe get a win the next week and then try to climb out of the hole and get back in there. But you know what? It wasn't 45-10. to 10. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing with the Vikings. Is that performance, what we saw today, if we can expect that every week, this team will be fine. But they can't have those negative games like they did in week sure. one and week two. If they come out looking like they did today, for the first three weeks of the year, maybe we are one and two. Maybe we're two and one. You have to give yourselves a chance every week. You got to give yourself a shot. But they didn't do that until today. So we've thrown two games away. We lost this tough one, one-point loss. Right. Sitting here at 0-3, and, and now it's time to get real because, yes, we're encouraged. We have some some good things to show. But, hey, you want to make the playoffs – uh, you got a you got a ninety four percent. You have a six percent chance to make the playoffs right now. Okay. You know what, Dave? And that's with the expanded field. Dave, it was with the expanded. Yeah, before the expanded I'll, field, it was two percent. I'll say right. it like this: the first two weeks, we didn't have the ball with a minute forty four and a chance to win. We no. didn't, we weren't even close no. to that. So at least we got that this week, you know. No, right. But still, I hate losing. Well, I know. But again, you know. You you got you got to go nine and four down the stretch here if you want to be oh. real about playoffs. If you don't want to be real about playoffs, that's the decision. That's the talking point. Is what does this Vi- team do now? What are you looking for from the rest of the Vikings here now you that they're zero three? You could quote me: the Vikings aren't going to the playoffs. 
<laughs> and I don't mean to sound like a downer, but I'm just telling you that's how it is. They don't they don't look like a team that lost two fluky losses and they're trying to you know what they're you know those first two losses spelled it out for me. Um, but again, that probably be pitchforks and torches outside my door saying it. But I don't see it still. Even with the performance today, I don't see it being a playoff team. Wow, the so, defense is so just, Drew. How many Drew. points do they give up a game? Forty and thirty and thirty. I mean, that's yeah. So Drew, you know, with this this defensive performance, it looked better. But again, four hundred sixty four yards, thirty points allowed. That's a lot. That's and a I know, shitload. you know, I listened to the pregame show that you did with Rhino. You seem to say that, you know, if we go with the young guys, that that might give Mike Zimmer a little bit of job security. And I didn't quite understand that. So so now sitting here, 0-3, well, what do you think? I think, I don't think you just take all the rookies in cash in the season by just going with all the young guys. I mean, you want to play your young guys. My point was, if you if you just without raising the white flag, saying you're going to raise the white flag by the team you're putting out on the field, and you're going to make it obvious that you're playing for next year, like a like a baseball team at the end of the season when the last week of the season they got all these minor leaguers out there to pitch you've never heard of. They're kind of playing for next year, and I think that gives Zimmer the right to be the head coach next year if he says, you know what, we went with the youth movement after week five, we weren't going to go to the playoffs, so. You know, how can you expect you can't hold those losses against me if I didn't of have that best player? And it's his, it's his fault. Well, no, I, I know that, but I'm saying that's what a head coach can. He can go to Wilf and say that. I mean, that I, you know, they can the, play the up. Wilfs they can play it up fools. any way they want. They can play it the up Wilfs any way they want. Wilfs are fools if they listen to that narrative. If Mike Zimmer doesn't make the playoff, he needs to get his ass off the team. Ooh. See where I'm looking at it. I'm surprised Dave didn't Dave didn't kick you off the show because Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Zimmer could go all in 16 and Dave wants to give him an extension. Dave well, doesn't think he doesn't need I don't, I don't. To this day, when I discuss Dave with Zimmer, I don't know. I asked Dave, what? Because Dave has excuses for him. What the hell is Zimmer responsible for, Dave? Tell me. Because according well, to he's you, he's obviously always, the head coach. But it's the players, this year to me, the GM. this year to me seems like 2016 all over again, only the defensive version, because we have six starters out on defense. Two more got hurt today, but they, after they were out a little bit, they came back in. And Eric Kendricks and Afedi Odenabo, right? And that's six starters plus backups that have hurt, like Troy Dye, who went on IR. That's awfully hard to win when you've got over half your defense is out due to injuries. I don't. I don't. In the NFL, I honestly don't. In the what about NFL, week one? Week one, he, week one, he didn't have all that, and the team looked down and like shit. Well, they, they didn't have in a, they had, they had a good number. In 2016, the expectations were not the playoffs. That was not there. Oh yes, they were. We went in with the expectations, the playoffs. Teddy was going to have a good year, and then Teddy <laughs> in the last week blows his knee. We trade for Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford comes in and go and. Sean Hill won the first game, and then we Sam Bradford comes in and wins the next. And then the entire yeah. offensive line implodes and gets injured, and we're cycling people in, just like we've signed Conley as a linebacker. We've signed Davis as a linebacker who got to play this 
week and got at so least what are you, one tackle. So what are you saying? Zimmer How many pass? strikes does the guy get? Like, if, 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 he can't, if he fails in 2016, if he failed in 2018, yeah, and now if he's going to fail in 2020, how can you blame the head coach many... for injuries? It's injuries every year. There's injuries all over this league. Look at the 49ers. They went they, oh, they're they won by too. 30 points. They won by that, that, 30 points. This there you week. go. There's a good example. Niners are down a bunch of starters, and they won by 30 points. You coach them up. Mike Zimmer has lasted here for too long with premium draft talent, with premium free agents. These are his guys. The second we get young, the second we ask the defensive coach to start coaching up mid-round talent, to start actually adding value to the team, maybe, maybe Mike Zimmer's just been making his bread based off first and second round picks for all I know, because I haven't seen an ability for him to take diamonds in the rough outside of Daniil Hunter. He's got to start coaching these guys up. He's got to do it or he's gone. But see, that's one way. Look, Dave looks at it from if he doesn't have the firepower, it's not his fault. Yeah. You make the firepower. You make it. That's why you're the head coach, right? You have injuries. Uh, Boo. How did how did Bender say it? The Breakfast Club, B O O H O O. You deal with the cards given to you, man. And if he's got injuries, you find another way to win. A good coach finds another way to win. A good coach doesn't say, oh, "I don't have enough talent to win." He finds a fucking way to win. And well, and he obviously tried this week because we did better and we scored thirty points and we were in the game until, pardon me, until the very end. There's improvement. You wanted improvement, Drew. You said last week you needed to see improvement. I'm talking about long-term for the season. Long-term. I'm not going to start laying out injuries now as as reason to pave Zimmer for another season. That's horse shit. It's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to buy low, get another coach on here, come back healthy next year with, I don't know, a first-round quarterback. Dave likes oh, it. would be sweet. Outside and then eat the $41 million understand. And, Dave likes um, Mike Zimmer. Quarterback. You take his heart out of it. Take I love heart Mike Zimmer, it. too. Yeah, but we were talking strictly football. Dave likes him for – Dave just likes him. So he thinks no matter what he does in the field, there's always an excuse. Talking football. I, I want Mike Zimmer to figure this out. Well, we all I'm, do. I'm cheering for Mike Zimmer to make the playoffs. If he doesn't make the playoffs, that is a failure, and he's got to go. Okay. Okay. I have nothing to add. As long as you take Spielman with him. Huh? Take Spielman with him. You could have took Spielman four years ago. I don't care about him. Oh. (laughs) Well, I can't add to Flip Mozzie's last take. That was perfectly said. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Flip, Rhino agrees you're on fire 100%. I, I, well, I said this go. in a post. I'll ask, I'll ask Flip this in a post. It's a very simple way to look at it. You can simplify the whole thing. All this stuff is is just blocking and tackling. It's just football. When you look at the I Vikings roster, all the way down the roster, and, you know, we can put asterisks next to injuries, are they a team that should have made the playoffs, should have won 11 games, should have, should have, should have? What are they to you, Flip? Last year, 100% they're that team. What we, again, as fans, we always underrate the attitude and the culture here. You look at the mindset of the 2019 Vikings. They had their soft spots, too. They started 2-2. Two and two. 
And they had really get bad games against Chicago and Green Bay to start that year, similar to what we're seeing now. The difference is they woke up and the attitude, the mentality changed where they said, you know what, we're going to go out there. You only live once. We're going to play our best ball on the field. We're going to we're going to go out there with swagger, with attitude. We're going to dictate the pace of these games. And that's at least what we started to see today is maybe even if we don't have the same talent, they've got the mindset that like, look, we're going and we're challenging for a win every single week. So, you know, if we can keep that going, then sure, Zimmer has a chance, but he's going to have to pull off a miracle here. Oh, yeah. Now, so you you think he should be gone if they don't make the playoffs? 100%. Dave, 100%. Dave thinks. It, it depends you, on the conditions. But most uh-huh. likely, yes. Now, we have Christopher Gates, the one and only head of Daily Norseman, asks, if this team gets a top five pick, will they take Penny Sewell because of the big tackle? They can't the get tackle? out from underneath Kirk Cousins' contract. Will they take it's, it? it it's, and I've it's, heard this on the radio this week. Will they take the tackle versus taking the quarterback and then eating all that money under for Kirk Cousins? It's uh, it's too early to say exactly what the Vikings' biggest need is going to be. If they have a top five pick, there is only one position that can change a bad team, one of the worst teams in the NFL, one of the five worst teams in the NFL, to a good team quickly, and that's the quarterback. So if you want to just wait until 2022 – before the Vikings can challenge for a Super Bowl again, then fine. Then draft the offensive tackle and just pay Kirk Cousins to be average for the next two years. But if you really want to do something aggressive and not be passive, not wait, then you figure out a way to do what the Arizona Cardinals did when they drafted Kyler Murray right after drafting Josh Rosen. You find a way to move on from Alex Smith like the Kansas City Chiefs did or how the Carson Wentz Eagles, you know, they traded Sam Bradford to make way for Carson Wentz. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be contentious. People are going to get their toes stepped on. People on Twitter and Facebook are going to be fighting about it. But you go and you get that quarterback. And it better be a quarterback that doesn't fail. (laughs) Drew, what did I write in the offseason that takes to win a Super Bowl? I don't know. I, I don't I, read a lot of stuff. You're right. Oh, that's probably <laughs> true. I did a study. No. It takes no. that quarterback. That you is the key. Other unless you have the generational defense, it takes that quarterback, that elite quarterback mm. with the yeah. it factor to take you all the way there. That is the one thing your whole franchise should always be going for, period. I got to without that you're not going to get there. Let me let Look, me ask this real quick. Flip, let me get your opinion on this. What Look at Cousins against the Colts and look at him today. How the hell can one person be how can it be that end of the spectrum? How can it be like that? Tell me how. The offensive line hasn't really changed in one week. I mean, he didn't look like Joe Montana, but he certainly didn't look like he did with the Colts. How can you be that piss poor, and then throw three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? How can the variance be that big with that guy? What is up with that guy? I mean, Kirk is 
Kirk is a manifestation of his surroundings. And against last week against the Colts, the offensive line didn't play well, and the Vikings only had one receiver to throw throw to. This is all we need with Kirk Cousins is we need everything else to be perfect. Like the offensive line improved, so Kirk Cousins improved. We had Justin Jefferson flash, so Kirk Cousins improved. So once you can start to supplement this guy with other offensive weapons, with better protection, he's this is a normal expected bounce back for Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, I can't guarantee that the offensive line is going to be great every week. I can't, can't. Guarantee, I can't guarantee that the weapons are going to be able to work themselves open. You know, we still haven't seen Irv Smith. So... So can we just win on the right item with Kirk Cousins? He threw two interceptions in this game, just like he did again, or he threw three interceptions against the Colts. One was meaningless. So it's the it's his performance was better because the surroundings were better. Sometimes and now we just need to see consistency from Jefferson. We got to see it from the offensive line. Okay, speaking of interceptions, that interception today, where he threw straight into the defender's arms, was that. Kirk Cousins letting it fly and it went too quick? Or was that Justin Jefferson running a curl instead of running it out? It looked like a after I seen it three times, it looked like a route problem to me. Yeah, I, I can't I can't tell whether it's quarterback or receiver there. A clear miscommunication. We're um I, I can't hate on Kirk's game today. He played well, he did everything he needed no, to I, do. I, and I didn't I, running. I, I didn't bring the question up to to as a avenue of hate i just wanted to it's so inconsistent yeah. i was wondering i wanted your take on how can a guy play like that one week and then come out and play like he did sometimes you gotta you gotta be the, the guy it, whenever they... it goes to gary kubiak gary kubiak's got to keep this kirk guy um he's got to continue to give give kirk easy options to get him warmed up and to have a new dynamic to the offense such as justin jefferson at, that we saw today so next week Maybe it's Irv Smith Jr. Maybe, you know, they they start spreading it out. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe they start working the running back scream game more. But you just got to keep on inventing new ways for Kirk Cousins to succeed because he's not going to innovate by his own. That, that's got to be for – I don't know what the stats are in front of me for the defense, though. The first three weeks, that's probably the most the Vikings have allowed maybe – I mean, I'd be interested to know when they gave up after three weeks the amount of yardage they've given up this year. Um, I, I guarantee it's not since Zimmer's been here, but uh, it's a lot. We're 1,500 yards in three games. I mean, well, well, the points is what it comes down to. So, sure, 43 well, points, 28 points, and 31 points. It's a that's, lot of scoring. That's 102, 102 in three games. Holy shit! And, and again, Drew, like this is where I talk. If, if we don't think we're making the playoffs, then let's start looking at these youngsters. Let's get Mike Hughes, Cameron Dancer back on the field. We gotta we gotta dig into why Jeff Gladney is struggling. I think it's just you know rookie mistakes, and he can grow. Holton Hill, same thing. Um, and that and that and I and I understand what you're saying, but in that same sense, after 12 games and we're two and ten, Zimmer he can use that to say I deserve another year, can he? That was my point the other day. He could say, well, no, look what we're, I'm doing here. we're looking for the people that we're looking for the players that will survive a coaching change in that scenario. I'm not okay. saying that's happening, but you look at the Mike Zimmer Vikings, you know, you. Harrison Smith got here before Mike Zimmer was here. Uh, Xavier Rhodes 
uh, was here before Zimmer. Was here. Uh, Everson Griffin was here. So you're looking for those three or four players who can actually, because when a new coach comes in, they're all gone, man. Right. Oh, Denebo's out of here. Shamar Stevens out of here. Uh, Eric Wilson might even be out of here. There's a there's a house clean that happens. That maybe even Anthony Harris is gone. So you got to look at the guys who are like, okay, we can still keep X player. We can still keep Y player. This young guy is flashing. That's what we're looking for if this Viking season continues to head south. Yeah, but Zimmer's going to be the one. I'm going to play who I think can win, and that may not be the young guys. He's going. I mean, he's going to max. I mean, out. if, he, if he he's not going to sit there and go, well, I'm there, done this year, I'm and I'm going to you know set up for next year. You know, that's not the way that works. So, so should Den- we have a six percent chance of making the playoffs? Should Daniel Hunter come back? That's a, what's the injury? I need to know what the injury is. He's got I, a neck injury. He's all we know is it's neck something. If, if he can, if he can re-injure himself, probably not. I wouldn't bring him back. If he, it, it depends. You know, it's, if he heals up 100%, why wouldn't he play? I don't understand. But if it okay. means something's well, we going to be. We should be cautious with the Neil Hunter. I think so, too. That guy is. That that guy. I mean, you're talking about a guy that could easily lead the league in sacks. You don't mess around. That That's your prize, oh, prize dude going into next year. Daniel Hunter so I wouldn't could take, be an all world Hall of Fame player. You're, you're not you're not gonna take a chance on him. I personally, the question I way I answered, I would sit him as much as I'd love seeing him play. But if your job's on the line, my job's not. But that's what we're talking about. Of that, that's a good question. I mean, okay. Zimmer needs Zimmer needs to back out there to save his job. We need him to be to not injure himself even further because we know this year's in the toilet. We're looking at 2021. That's a great example. Who wins that battle? Probably hey, usually maybe it's not not in the toilet. Maybe the Vikings, you know, go nine and four down the stretch, squeak into the playoffs, and that would be amazing. We'll see what happens. And speaking of neck injuries, there's Mike Hughes with his, which is worrisome, and is turning into another first round, basically bust. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I got to give Mike Hughes all three years. It's not looking good so wow. far. I was hoping he'll grab that pick at the end, man. That was oh, so God, that damn was close. close. That was close. Yes! One play away from winning it, boys. That's we not... probably Grant! lost because Drew's been wearing that Michigan shirt. Bud <laughs> Grant. That's, that explains it all right now. Anyway, man. with that, let's wrap this show up. Any last words, Flip? Trust in the young guys, man. We got Justin Jefferson going, finally. Let's see some more from Irv Smith. I like Garrett Bradbury. He had a better game this this game. So starts looking for those young offensive stars to flash. Maybe the defensive guys come around too, but something to build on. Let's keep on hunting for that first W. Drew? Meow, meow, Mike and Cal. We played better. At least I wanted to stay interested watching this game all the way through. It was a better showing than the first two weeks. Bottom line is it's 0-3, and and we're off to where now? we on the road. Where are we going now? We're going to Houston. Houston. Going to Houston. It's all about beating Houston and getting a W. And I think they lost today the the Steelers, but they were up most of the game. And next week, if we win with the W, you could use Wonderful. 
Otherwise, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> With that, I want to thank everybody for watching. Thanks, folks. Our shows Go come on Daily Norseman, YouTube, as you're watching right now. And you'll see our content across the spectrum this week. Follow Climb in the Pocket Network on YouTube and at Daily Norseman for your latest and greatest Vikings news. And as always, Skull Vikings, let's win that game. At least that first one. Have a great week. Justin Jefferson, baby. Man, that guy's good at run, run up the Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.